What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. All right, tale of the tapes, season two, episode three. Today we got Lin Q and K Solo. So, last week I told you that there would be some interesting things in this one, and there definitely are at least a couple. Um, let's get into a little bit of background on Lin Q, whose debut solo album was in 1990. Birth name, Lin Q. Young, also known as Isis, born September 7th, 1969. Origins, Corona, New York, United States. Genres listed as hip-hop. And years active are 1989 to present. A little bit of background on Lin Q. Lin Q. Young, born September 7th, 1969, known professionally as Lin Q and formally as Isis, is a female hip-hop artist. She released her debut album Rebel Soul under the name Isis while affiliated with X-Clan in 1990. Lin Q left X-Clan and later began to work with MC Light. Now rhyming under her birth name Lin Q, she released a couple of singles for Rough House, Columbia Records, and East West Records America. She had a brief stint as a member of the Wu-Tang Clan affiliated group Deadly Venoms. Now... There's not too much there, but I also want you guys to understand that not only was there not too much there, but I had to really dig pretty hard to find even what I just read off. So most other people, maybe not most, um, but a, a good number of people, I have to actually cut a decent amount of things out because... You know, you don't want to say too much. You want to get the gist of everybody down here. You don't want to catch me speaking for four hours and just talking about a bunch of, you know, things that are related to that person but are completely irrelevant to what's going on and stuff like that. So I try to narrow it down and, and keep it to the things that are important and relevant and stuff like that. But this was like quite the opposite. There really almost wasn't anything to say except for that. She used to go by the name Isis and she was a female hip-hop artist. I had to kind of look for the rest of the stuff, which, again, I'm I'm not here to shit on anybody. I'm just trying to point out some differences where when you have me reading two big paragraphs of people that is accolade after accolade after accolade after accolade, and then I'm sitting here telling you that I had to actually cut a lot out to get down to those two paragraphs, and then we have people like this. So this is where you obviously see a difference in impact score and stuff like that. Not just based on the fact that there's not a lot written about them, but other factors playing into that as well. But I just want to point out some of the differences there when researching some of these people. A lot of these people are really hard to find information on, to be quite honest with you. So, you know, forgive me if I happen to to get anybody's name wrong, whether it's an underground artist or artist or somebody that you know, no one really knows or somebody that I don't really know or that I don't like or listen to, you know, I don't claim to be a fan or have listened to every hip hop artist on the face of the earth or know everything there is to know about hip hop. But I definitely am well versed and, and informed on the subject and have been involved in it for a long time. But I'm sure I'm going to come across people. I've taken recommendations from people if they know people that actually have like official albums and stuff that I would go through their stuff. So I just want you guys to understand the different levels of the scores that people are getting here and stuff. So 
Let's get into a little bit of what I wrote down about Lin Q when I was listening to her. Let me start this one off by stating that she went by two different names in her career, Isis and Lin Q. This was eerily warranted as I felt she was two different artists. Early on, most rhymes were either one syllable, very simplistic, random at times, or sometimes all three. She made some decent attempts at lines, but never really hit home with any super dope lines. There were also opportunities for a couple of three or four syllable rhymes, which she clearly attempted, but slightly missed the mark and couldn't quite word them the correct way to really nail them all. From the first verse of the second half of her career, it was clear she had made a visible improvement lyrically. Her good lines were better, and they were much more frequent. There were still some times where she reached a bit with a line or two, but nonetheless finished just above average lyrically. I think it's important to point out that she is the first and only female thus far in this study to do so. Lin Q only dropped two albums, and they were 17 years apart. One was average, and one was a great album. Of her only 23 qualified songs, none were great or weak, but she did have seven good songs. With a very small catalog and very few artists slightly influenced, if any, her impact on hip-hop certainly wasn't an overly large one by any means. While Lin's content may have certainly changed drastically between the two albums, she didn't seem to change her principles or sell her morals for a paycheck and stayed relatively original. There was also a 17-year gap between albums, so a change in content is to be somewhat expected, I would imagine. Now getting into the math of all that, lyrics she gets a 5.5, and, a half, and I, I pointed out when, you know, reading what I wrote that she's the first and only female up to this point in this study to get a score anywhere above average lyrically. Um, some other females were close. I, I believe Queen Latifah was close, if I remember correctly. But Lin Q was really the only one to hit that mark and really officially have me say, okay, this girl is absolutely above average lyrically. And it really came a lot from the second half of her career because the first half was a little bit below and then the second half was pretty well above which equated out to a five and a half at the end of the day. Albums, she gets a 4.29 with zero classics. Songs, she gets a zero. We talked about no great songs, but no weak songs. Impact, she gets a four. Now, I spoke earlier when I read the background about her, about how there wasn't much on her, and I had to dig to find what I found, and how different people are going to have different levels of the information provided on them, and how that you know, goes to show you how impact is involved and stuff. But I also spoke about how there's other things. And, you know, if you've been following along, obviously, you know what they are. But there really wasn't anybody that, like, took anything from her, whether it was, like, beats or lines. Um, You know, she really didn't have a lot of songs, only two albums, a very small number of songs. No major accolades or records set or anything crazy like that. Not too, too much to bring up about her. And, you know, all these things kind of factored in. It's like, yes, you know, she she did have two albums. She did do something. She, you know, and, and she definitely had some skills and stuff like that. So she does get a four. She's not getting a zero or anything like that. But I just want to point out why that's a below average score. And you may have some other people that are slightly above average that maybe didn't influence a lot of people either or didn't have a lot to say in their background, but they made up for it in other areas, whether it was, 
you know, paving the way for a subgenre or whatever it might have been. And originality, she gets a six and a half. You know, that score is one of those scores. She wasn't anything really out of the ordinary or crazy original. She did have a couple of songs that were pretty original. And I guess out of only 23 qualified songs, even having two or three that are pretty original is not that bad of a ratio at all. So she definitely gets an above average score. She, you know, like I said, she didn't seem to sell her morals for a paycheck or, you know, sell her soul to to sell more records or anything like that. You know, a little bit of a change in content, like I said, but 17-year gap in between albums, I mean, you had to have grown or changed in, in some type of way. And, you know, a change in content doesn't always mean a change in someone's principles. You could still feel the same way and have the same beliefs, but you're just talking about different content this time. So I felt it was a little bit more of that rather than her going back on prior things that she did. So, you know, pretty well above average score there for originality. You add all those five numbers up and you get a final rating of 4.06, which leaves Ling Q tied for 87th place overall of 127 artists done. So... Shout out to Lin Q, man. I mean, listen, the first female to get an above average score lyrically, that right there on itself obviously deserves a tremendous shout out. She's alongside some good company as well. So definitely an accomplishment there. Nothing too crazy on the score, but still the first girl to get an above average score lyrically. And she had a great album, man. And she, you know, she definitely showed some skills and stuff like that. I really enjoyed one of her albums, and she definitely showed a lot of ability on that album. So, again, shout out to her for sure, regardless of the finish. I mean, like I said, with that little body of work and things like that and that impact score, you know, getting getting scores like that are going to be really, really hard to overcome in this, in this study. Where you have so many people squeezed into such a little, a little window that, you know, these point point threes and point fours or even point zero sevens are just mattering so much it's moving you five slots ten slots and things like that so you know coming in with scores of of a four or anything like that and anything or a three is they're hard to overcome they're not impossible to overcome and i think that's the intriguing thing about this study is what can people overcome what can people lack in and still finish very high you know what other people can absolutely nail every category and just be the absolute full package and stuff like that. So again, like I said, that's one of the intriguing things about the study to me. So moving on to K Solo, who also had his debut solo album in 1990. His birth name, Kevin Madison, also known as Wolfgang Murdermouth, born April 17th, 1968 in Long Island, New York, United States. Genres are listed as East Coast hip-hop and hip-hop. Years active are listed as 1989 to present. I don't know of anything recent that he had out. You know, same with Lin Q, but she did go 17 years in between the first and second album. So, I mean, maybe she goes another 10 or 15 in between the second and third. So, I don't know what her plans are, but both of these people still listed as present. Maybe involved in other things or maybe have something in the works or whatever the case is, but... A little bit of background on K-Solo. K-Solo born Kevin Madison on April 17, 1968 is an American rapper from Central Islip, New York, who in 
who, along with Redman, EPMD, Das FX, and Keith Murray, was part of the Hit Squad in the 1990s. So, as you can see, there was also not a ton readily available for K-Solo. Almost anything else that I could find on K-Solo was DMX related. I spoke in Season 1 about how we're not really going to touch too much on beefs unless those guys happen to be in the same episode. You know, really talking about beefs on this podcast is going to be due to coincidence every time. So if you have somebody who finishes in the top 10, let's, uh, you know, Nas and Jay-Z is a big beef. Let's say Nas is in the top 10 when we cover him and, you know, we, we throw on a random song to break down of Nas's and it happens to be Ether because that's what comes on when I hit random, then of course that's obviously going to be addressed and be discussed. If you have a scenario where two artists that had a major beef with each other are being covered in the same podcast episode, then sure, we'll definitely touch on it because uh, you know at that point it almost seems like fate. Um, we're not going to get too, too into them, but we will touch on them when things like that happen. So that's not the case here, and... This is not DMX's episode, so I'm not going to smash you with a whole bunch of DMX shit just because we're covering K-Solo. Like I said, it's not DMX's episode, and quite frankly, I don't think K-Solo would appreciate that very much. We're here to talk about K-Solo, so I'm going to leave it at that. The only time and way that I ever personally heard of K-Solo was when DMX said he could suck his dick. There were occasions on verses where Solo didn't necessarily rhyme, but rather repeated the same word at the end of the bar before, and he also had some run-on bars at times. Bar A almost always led well into bar B, and he definitely had some decent lines, but never anything too special. He was, however, tremendous at keeping a topic throughout an entire song, and he was also a pretty good storyteller. He seemed to have the capability to be above average lyrically, but spelling a lot of words all the time took away from the difficulty of what he was doing. Saying B-R-O-K-E, then rhyming it with S-M-O-K-E, for example, is not a rhyme. You're just saying the letter E at the ends of the bars. All things taken into consideration, he finished average lyrically overall. K-Solo only dropped two albums in his hip-hop career, and both were good albums. He only put out 23 songs, and although none were great, none were weak either, and 10 of those 23 were good. Almost 50% of his songs were good songs. He's certainly not a household name, and even in beefing with DMX for a while, who was one of the hottest artists out at the time, he still wasn't able to garner any traction and run with it. He did, however, have an influence on artists such as DMX, Master P, Eminem, and others. Originality was where Solo really shined, and this is one of the reasons I believe he was the originator of Spellbound. He was not influenced by any other artists, never took a line, beat, or really even sampled any other rappers. Almost all of his songs were about super original topics, along with his delivery and rhyme style. He even would switch up verses often doing 4 on a song, or 8 bar as opposed to 16 bar verses. He did not in any way seem like a sellout or a follower that would steal someone's entire style. Now, really quickly, because it was brought up, and like I said, it's kind of an unavoidable situation and we won't get too into it, but just touching on what I'm talking about, for anybody that knows anything about DMX or for you people that don't, this is the guy that 
accused DMX of stealing his style, where DMX had these verses where he would spell words in his verses and rhyme it that way. And basically, K Solo came out and said that when he was in jail with DMX, that he did that first and DMX stole it from him, and that went on and on. Like I said, we won't get too far into it, but I just want you to at least understand what I'm talking about. If you're interested in that beef, you can absolutely go look into it. You can try to see for yourself who you believe took what from who. I obviously don't know anything, but from what I studied of K-Solo, I cannot see him as being somebody that would take somebody's whole entire style like that everything about the guy was just super super original and you know it was just a little odd to me that dmx was saying that he took it from him now dmx on the flip side i you know again i don't know anything here but i could see dmx being the type of dude to take something and say yeah i took it motherfucker what's up so Take it how you want it, but my belief after studying is that DMX probably got it from K-Solo or possibly that neither one of them really took it from the other and it was just, you know, kind of coincidental ideas. Who the fuck knows? But getting into the math of what I wrote down, lyrics, he gets a five, as we spoke about. He finished average overall. Albums, he gets a 4.62 with zero classics. Songs, he gets a zero. Oddly enough, exactly the same as Lin Q, same amount of songs, no great ones, no weak ones, so he gets a zero there as well. Impact, he gets a four and a half, just above her. Now, the reason for this is, for all intents and purposes, as far as material put out and, you know, the the name and things like that, neither one of them really had too much to offer there, but... K-Solo did have a couple more people that clearly were listening to him or took something from him in some sort of way and you know he did have the thing going on with DMX which is kind of bittersweet because you know that he had something going on with a big name but at the same time he wasn't really to gain anything out of it so you know it's kind of a catch-22 there and then originality he gets a nine I mean this is just one of those things like I said if it wasn't for the the accusation by DMX saying that K-Solo took his idea of spelling the songs this guy, there would be nothing to say in this, in this category about him. I mean, his, you know, his song ideas, his delivery, his rhyme style, just like I said, the way that he did his verses, Some a lot of songs would just have four verses on them. I mean, no one does that. Even groups that have four people in them, a lot of times they have trouble pulling off four verses and they'll just have one guy, you know, a different guy skips each song or they'll have two guys split a verse or something like that. This guy just did four verses because he felt like it. You know, some verses were eight bars and, you know, then a hook and then eight bars. And he just did things really, really differently. So he gets a nine there. You add those numbers up and you divide by five and you get a final rating of 4.62, which leaves K Solo in 42nd place overall of 127 artists done. Again, man, shout out to K Solo. You know, we've spoke about this before. I, I always like to give credit to the artists that are super, super original. Um, I feel that that's something that I struggled with early on when I started rapping. I mean, granted, you know, I was 18, 19, 20 years old and stuff like that. So I get it to a certain extent. But, um, you know, looking back at some of these guys, man, and just seeing how some of these guys at the same age as me, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, they they had their voice, they had their lane, and, and they were going. And it was basically, you know, I'm doing this, and... 
everybody that wants to follow along and hop on a bandwagon, let's go. But I'm going to just keep doing my thing. And I definitely, definitely admire that. I admire the artistry. I admire the courage to, you know, not only have the artistry to do it, but to have the balls to actually get up and do it, knowing that it's something that's very different and it might not be taken to so well. So anybody that gets a score like that in originality I definitely take my hat off to them for sure. Anybody that gets a nine in anything has got to get a major amount of props and credit for sure. So now let's get into our list that we go over every week. We're going to stay with our top 15% of artists done for the rest of the 90s. And again, this list stays the same, which as every week goes by and this list stays the same, it starts to become more and more impressive for... Any of these 80s guys that are still in here, really, because when the 80s started and you had some of these guys up there, you know, they were, they were some of the only guys that were in there. So it was interesting to see who would stay and who would go where. And for the most part, you had a lot of mid to late 80s guys really run the early 80s guys off the table relatively quickly. And... That's not to take anything away from any of the early 80s guys. We just spoke earlier about what weaknesses can people overcome with other things that they were tremendous in. Now, those early 80s guys obviously had great impact scores, and most of them had pretty low lyrical scores and stuff like that. So then you had the guys that came in the mid to late 80s who kind of were also very, very influential and impactful because they still came around very early in comparison to where we're at now, but they were able to step things up a little bit and take what the guys that laid the groundwork before them did and grow on it a little bit. Now, we're into a whole nother decade, and we're still seeing certain guys from the 80s not only be in this list, but be leading this list with no sign of anybody really coming anywhere near them. And quite frankly, we've covered some pretty dope artists already in the 90s early on. So let's get into our top 15% final list right now. In our top slot, we have KRS-One, who's in sixth place of 127 artists done. Behind him, we have Slick Rick in eighth place of 127 artists done. Directly behind him in ninth place, we have Rakim. Behind him, we have Rev Run of Run DMC, who's in 12th place of 127 artists done. Directly behind him in 13th is LL Cool J, and directly behind him in 14th is Everlast. Behind him is Will Smith, who sits at 16 of 127 artists done. And then behind him is DMC of Run DMC and Ice Cube, who are both tied for 19th place of 127 artists done. So, like I said before, man, every week that goes by that these guys start to, these 80s guys start to stay in here and stuff like that, just becomes more and more impressive. I mean, you got Rev Run. I, you know, don't quote me here, but I believe Run DMC came out in 1984. We're in the 1990s now. You still got this guy sitting in one of the top couple of slots here. So, Pretty impressive that some of these guys are able to hang on. We'll see how long they're able to hang on for. But shout out to everybody that's still hanging in there, man. I mean, you know, we do have one 90s artist in there, which is Everlast. So, you know, I'm not trying to, to single out the 80s guys or anything like that because there is a 90s guy in there. But still, so far, the 80s guys are running the table. And uh, 
you know, the longer they hang on, the more impressive it gets. So shout out to everybody that's in that top 15% for sure. And then we'll get into our current top 10% lyrically. This will stay a top six today, and this list also doesn't change. We had Lin Q and K Solo. Neither of them finished above, uh, you know, 19th overall or finished in our top 10 or whatever it is that we did with, for our top 15%. And then same thing with our top 10% lyrically. That comes out to be like a top six. They didn't finish in the top six. Um, they were four and a half and five, which you need a six and a half to even hope to crack this, at least right now. So our top 10% lyrically stays like this. Tied for our top slot, we have KRS-One and Lord Finesse, both with scores of seven, lyrically. And then we have behind them a four-way tie for third place with Will Smith, Rockham, Cool G Rap, and Everlast. They all get a score of six and a half, lyrically. So, big shout out to everybody in the top ten, lyrically, of course. Me, personally, that's that's my category, that's my thing, you know, if you're... If you're gonna absolutely slaughter one category, that's the one that I, I think you should go for. But that's my personal opinion and that really has nothing to do with this study. So carrying on. <laughs> now, I wanna let you guys know also, we added, you know, in the 90s intro, we had the, uh, we ran through the whole list of everybody we covered in the 80s. And then now we have what we normally were doing. We have our top 15% overall, and then we're doing our top 10% lyrically. But as we go along and get more rappers done, I will start to include a whole bunch of different lists. And that's why we're not going to make any of them too long. But I want to start to do like a top five from the 80s, a top five from the 90s, etc. As the decades go on, and we cover more and more artists, we'll keep including a top five from different decades and stuff like that. But I want to add those on top of like overall lists that we do. As time and decades go on, we'll add more and more lists. I would also like to do maybe like a, a top females or top people from each state, stuff like that. So there's going to be a lot of things getting added as time goes on here. So exciting things to look forward to. I'm intrigued to see who the top people are everywhere. Like, who's the top lyricist? You know, who's who had the, the biggest impact on hip-hop? Who's the top female? Who's who's the top from New York? Who's the top guy from the West Coast? Who's, you know, things like that. So I'm intrigued to see all these things. And I think that if you're, if you're a top couple of guy in anything, if you're a top West Coast guy, or you're a top New York guy, or you're a top, 80s guy or you're a top 90s guy or you're a top lyrical guy i think all that shit deserves to be acknowledged so i don't want anybody to really get lost in this study if something really is fucking bad then yeah you're gonna get called for it but i want to make sure that everybody is getting the credit that they deserve in every area possible because quite frankly i would say 90 percent of these people that i'm gonna cover really have something to bring to the table. doesn't even matter where they finish. They could be finishing, you know, right now we got 127 people done. They could be finishing in 100th place. I guarantee you that person has a decent score in some area. And there's a reason as to why they either made this study 
or why I'm standing here saying shout out to these people and giving them props. And you're like, what do you mean, bro? They finished in 99th place out of 120 people. It's like, yeah, but look at this though. So everybody or almost everybody has something to bring to the table. And, you know, I have the utmost respect for that and I admire that. So I, I do want to give credit where it's due for sure. And I don't want any area really being left out. If you'd like to see any of the lists in full, you can go give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normal. There's a donate button on the host site. Just hit it. You'll you'll probably just feel good about yourself if you hit it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But uh, that's it for Season 2, Episode 3. That was Lin Q and K Solo. Shout out to them. Yay! Next week, we have Tragedy Gaddafi and Master Ace. Now, admittedly, I didn't know too much about either of these guys before this. But I can promise you that there's some solid things coming in that episode. That's all I'll really say. I told you that this week there was there was a couple of things here. We certainly had a couple of things here. Link you the first female to finish above average lyrically amongst a couple of other things. I'm telling you next week, there's a couple of things that definitely need to be noted. So, tell of the tapes, peace. Tell of the tapes, might as well. Better off.